0: Everybody say Thanksgiving. That's in November, right? Everybody say turkeys. Last year we gave out over 130 turkeys to people who uh, utilize our food bank. And normally, those turkeys cost us between 10 and $12 apiece. Matter of fact, last year we even landed on, uh, right at the last minute, we had to get some more, and we, we, they were closer to $14 a piece. Well, this year we have an opportunity to purchase uh, cases of turkeys from the food bank. They, they have some. Uh, matter of fact, last Wednesday night we pulled the trigger on 52 turkeys. All right? Here's the the kicker to that is we're buying them in faith, believing that every year we raise the funds for a turkey drive. But we're doing our turkey drive in July, not in November, right? Because we're buying turkeys from the food bank. Here's the deal. We're getting these turkeys for $2.25 a piece. Can I think about that? Not a pound. A piece. All right? Like a whole turkey for two bucks and a quarter. All right. And we have opportunity to buy more. Here's the deal is that we don't have a whole lot of freezer storage. And so we have secured freezer storage for the 52 turkeys that we purchased last Wednesday night. And we're going to give you the opportunity to give toward that. Think about it for a second. You can you can literally buy 10 turkeys for $22.50 or 25 cents or 50 whatever that is. Somebody help me out. they are two 25 255 a piece. 255. So there you have it. I can't figure that math real quick. 25 or 22. I'm so confused. Here's the deal. We need you to let us borrow your freezer. <laughs> like if you have a freezer we need freezer space only for the next three months because we give all the turkeys away. So we need, we need freezers because we want to buy another hundred of these turkeys. But we need to store a hundred turkeys. All right? Now, here's the deal. If you know somebody that owns a restaurant or something like that that has a walk-in freezer that we could just stash them in the corner for three months, that solves a large problem. Or you could do what I'm doing. I am moving everything up in my freezer, packing it up, and then we're just going to stuff turkeys in there. All right. We want our turkeys to squat on your property for three months. (laughs) All right. And if you if you have some available storage or know where we can get even more storage, we can pull the trigger on more turkeys. I said we we've already got it for the first fifty, so we need more. So Karen, right, right there. That's the person to talk to today if you know how we, or, or if you have freezer space that you would be willing to take five turkeys or three turkeys or ten turkeys. If you have freezer space to do that, please let her know and that's going to kind of meet it out on how we can store these turkeys. We usually don't have this problem because we buy them right at the last minute. And, and this year we're buying them way in advance because we are getting them for dirt cheap, okay? And, and instead of spending $1,800 on turkeys, we're spending an enormous amount less than that this year all right and so keep that in mind see Karen after service today and 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 um, and and let's just buy turkeys and store them like like ravenous let's just ravenously buy turkeys and and store them and um, let's bless our community this is a big deal for us every year and there are many many families that that they won't have a Thanksgiving dinner without this and we give them potatoes and stuffing and gravy and corn and green beans and a turkey all right so so very, so very important and god bless our um, our food bank and our food bank team give them a hand they're they're worthy <laughs> of a hand food bank volunteers first three tuesdays first three tuesdays of every month there are people that are at this church all day preparing for and then serving and giving food out to these families, and it's so important. Uh, we are in our summer school session. I was thinking, man, summer's, um, as far as summer school goes and school fixing a kickback, summer's drawing to a close, people. I'm with you. A boo, big boo. I'm with you. But, you know, I, I think about this. Uh, wow, schools are going back. We've got what, two weeks for some? Two weeks for some schools, three weeks for others. Um, Raylene and I are preparing to be empty nesters. I'm really thankful we get along well. <laughs> Don't need, um, Boston is moving on campus, so are you. And, uh, last of the Mohicans. So, uh, yeah, summer. You know, I, I've, I've tried in the summer series here, I've tried, to bring some subjects that that are just sort of good for us to remember maybe be reminded of that's kind of what summer school does it either it either gets you ahead or for or for a lot of time summer school is is backtracking and taking a class over so that you can pass it in order to move on the next school year and Sometimes I think that it's good for us to have a reminder of the importance of certain things. There are certain things that we do as a church, as a Christian. There are certain things that we do that if we're not careful, and this is important, if we're not careful, they can just become what we do. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just what we do. I don't really know why we do it. I mean, I don't, I don't know why... What what's the value? I, I really, I it's just what we do. It's, it's what we, ex, we it's what we expect to do, and so and so. There's some of these things that I that I've talked about that sort of land in that. Today, I want to ask a question, and very very important, and it's simply this: Why is worship so important? Why is worship so important? You know, maybe I should maybe I should back up. Just for a second to say, you know, scripturally, worship takes preeminence in the life of those who would follow God. Alright? Now I recognize, in, in, in you know, we partake corporately. I'm talking about corporate worship, we partake in a certain worship style. It has kind of moved with the times but yet it 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 holds such a predominant place in what we do as a community of believers that that we begin services with what we call a worship set and we're very meticulous about that worship set there are certain things that I as the pastor of the church have asked this worship team to do although You know, I I sit over here and play my noisemakers, and I'm a part of the band in that way. At the same time, I pastor the church, and several years ago, we sort of went through this this transformation in our worship style, all right? And, and, you know, every church has them, whether it is a traditional worship style that kind of focuses on Older songs, or whether it's liturgical worship style that you know you find in a lot of your uh, mainline denomination uh, churches where uh, they have certain things mixed in to the worship, that, that's totally different than what, than what we do. We, we kind of land probably over here in a more contemporary worship style, which for many people they might consider that modern, a modern worship. It doesn't really feel it doesn 't really i don 't really think of it as modern personally because it 's like been going on this way for thirty some odd years right so worship styles in church in church cultures church cultures it, a church will will take on a culture of um, of worship and really the genre of worship through the years has taken on um, Many different shades of culture. A lot of times, even depending on where you live, we, we, uh, we don't worship nearly as enthusiastic as uh, the churches did that we participated in with Africa. They have their own. There's a culture there. Man, they dance for an hour. They dance. And it's not any kind of dance that we could emulate. It's their thing. That's what they do. And they they go in circles and just and this will go on and on. And it's their culture and it's the worship in their culture. I think that's why it's important years ago when I was when I was looking at changing, because I really felt directed by the Holy Spirit that I wanted I wanted our worship to to do a certain thing. I wanted it to be a certain thing. And it, we kind of called it. I wanted it to go vertical. I wanted the songs that we sing. To, to meticulously. Cause people to. To go vertical. To, to think about God. And I, I, I had recognized that so many of the songs. That, uh, that we were singing out of the old hymnal. So many of the songs really didn't do that. It really more talked about the blessing or me. Or what's going on in life. And, and I, I wanted something to change, and really, it was us kind of changing with the times because, because there was this on there was this ongoing process of what is called contemporary worship. I, I'll never, you know, I'll never forget. You know, you have this older set in the talking about the American church. You have this older set that most worship styles um, outside of mainstream denominations that are doing liturgical worship that. Um, you had kind of a particular genre that most of those songs were written like in the 30s, 40s, and 50s, right? And so you were singing songs from that. And, and come about the late 1960s, early 70s, uh, other things started getting introduced like drums and electric guitars. And some churches had coronaries over that. Uh, Drum sets split churches, literally. Literally. It was a hard transition the all rock and roll coming to church, right, and so it was kind of this hard transition, but then this new this new kind of genre of worship sprung up in the seventies out of that that ultimately took itself into the eighties and and then there was another huge shift in worship music. Um, you suddenly had this uh, Maranatha you had this new kind of sound they were singing a lot of scriptures. it, It 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 was more it had a more of a modern feel or more of a contemporary feel, and then that that all really kind of set the stage for something that would happen in the '90s, and really one of the largest catalysts of that was a lady in Australia who went to Hillsong Church and. In her own private devotion, not in front of the church, did not even write it for the church. She never felt that she would ever even share it with anyone because it was just her private worship song. She sat down on the piano in her house and started singing, Shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us sing. Power and majesty, praise to the King. Mountains bow down, and the seas will roar at the sound of your name. Unbeknownst to her, that song would cause a shift. And it created an entire new worship genre that relied very heavily on Scripture. But you had this very modern, contemporary feel So springing up from that out of Australia was Hillsong Music. And heavy influencers, heavy influencers, influenced even other churches now who have such an array of these churches going into the 2000s. When we get into 2000s, you start getting Bethel Music and you start getting all these other powerful influencers. Now I said all that. I gave you a little history lesson on worship music because this is the stuff that we do in corporate worship. I gave you that little history lesson for this, and this is very important that, that what happens in worship, we can never allow ourselves to worship a genre. You know, I used to tell folks when we made that transition, I mean, we, you know, we went from songbooks to overhead projector, right? How many of y'all remember the good old days of overhead period, where you would write the lyrics on a clear plastic and slide that puppy on there and beam it up for everybody to? That split churches. <laughs> like, where'd the songbooks go? Now, when we, when we started making those transitions, I'll never forget this. I, 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 just, I knew that there were some decisions that I had to make just personally as the pastor. And so one day I was up here by myself and I just walked through the whole auditorium and just picked up all the songbooks. Just picked them up. I'm like, if they're going to be a point of contention, we're just not going to have them, right? Now, of course, the band got the blame for that, but it was me. It was me. Not a few weeks after that, I was watching. We used to have green pews, right? I got some green pew crowd in here. Here's have these green pews. They had these things on the back that were supposed to be like a Bible and stone book holder, right? They really just became Kleenex, dirty Kleenex holders. But anyway, I was walking here one day and I thought, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna unscrew all of those. All right, just get rid of it. No, just you know what? It's kind of like just, just cut it off, right? Like no, like, like people come in, they get all sad because the songbooks weren't in the songbook holders. So next time everybody came to church, we just didn't have any songbook holders. I threw them all away. Literally, personally, by myself. (laughs) Of course, the band got the blame for that. And uh, is it because I remember in that in that in that time frame, I, I had to remind people that we're not worshiping a genre. Listen, forget the genre, and let's just think about content. Just think about content. What what are the songs saying that we're worshiping to? Because this to me was the important factor. This was the factor that I felt like was introduced by this contemporary idea of worship music that, that it's going back to Scripture and it's, it's pushing a particular content. And that content is causing us to go vertical. That content is causing us to, to redirect something in our life. And so i so you know i struggled through that and we are still yet very methodical about all of that very methodical and so it begs an answer to the question why is worship so important if we're going to go through all of this trouble that a big portion of what we do as a corporate community, a big portion of what we do is worship, then I think that we would, that we would be far better served if we understood why. Why? And maybe, maybe it'll help some of you who maybe are a little more shy. Maybe they help you understand why it is so important for us to be willing to. Open our hearts and open our minds and even open our mouths to worship. Summer School One Plus One is this worship redirects our focus. All right? Worship redirects our focus. The very act of worship redirects our attention to the one whom we are worshiping. The object of worship, everybody listen closely. The object of worship takes center stage in our focus. I think that's why it's so important for us to always remember that a corporate worship, corporate worship is not a concert. All right? Hey, I love a good concert. You guys know that. I go to concerts all the time. Raylene and I concert connoisseurs. Right? I love a live band. I love it. and, And I love being entertained by that. But when I worship, I can't allow myself to slip into entertainer audience mode. All right? Because we're not worshiping the band. See, I mean, if your attention is on men, and men, this is a good one. I mean, I'm serious. I know I play that. I make noise. And they put up with me because I 'm the boss, but the, but the reality the reality is is I would put this group of musicians and this group of singers up against any church that I know. I mean, I 'm just going to brag. This is a good band. I 'm just going to brag. you know Cleveland's a fantastic, amazing worship leader. I mean, just going to brag. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's good. It's good. I mean, it's like good. You know? And I mean, you don't have to go very far. I've been to churches twice our size that don't put out what we put out. I put, I've been to churches three times our size that don't sound, they don't sound as good as we sound. And you know what? That's a blessing But it can also be a curse if if you come in and think that it's all about listening to the band. And I mean, I love listening to a band. But when we're we're together as a corporate community for worship, it's not about the band. It's about, I love that song, it's an audience of one. We collectively, those on the platform, those in the seats, we collectively should have our focus vertical to him. That I'm not not here to be entertained, I am here to entertain one, and that is the God that I serve. And my worship redirects my focus. I think this is one of the reasons why God so emphatically told Israel to not worship any other God. Because the object of worship takes center stage in our focus. What you worship is what you focus on and then it determines whom you will follow. Deuteronomy 29 there's a lot of, of words to the Israel to the to the the nation of Israel from God concerning this but Deuteronomy 29:18 is so pointed. It says here make sure that there is no man or woman, clan or tribe among you today whose heart turns away from the Lord our God to go and worship the gods of those nations. Now listen to this. It's strong. Make sure there is no root among you that produces such bitter poison. Bitter poison is the worship of other gods. But the thing that I want you to notice is that worship causes us to turn and go. <laughs> worship causes us to turn and go. And when we worship God, it changes our focal point to turn and go to Him. That's why when we pray, we should always begin our prayer with worship. That there's this, there's this function in worship that causes our, our hearts and our minds to turn and go. And it changes our focus. I mean, that's what's so powerful about shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us sing. That was so powerful about that song is that it, it makes you think about him. It makes you turn and go to him. So why do we sing the first song and the second song and the third song and the fourth song in a Sunday worship experience? Because we are attempting with all of our heart to help all of us as a community of believers turn and go. That the whole purpose isn't how well we play or how well we sing, although we do it very well. The whole purpose isn't even the genre that we use. The whole purpose is that whatever we do as a corporate body, we want all of us together to turn and go. changes our focus. Psalm 121 says this, I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Worship causes us to lift up our eyes. When we worship, we focus on God, not so much on our circumstance, not so much on the people around us. When we worship, Worship causes us to focus on God. See, in this we discover that worship changes our mindset and our attitude. Look at Romans 12 and 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. That your true and proper worship is when you take this flesh... And you worship Him. It says, then don't conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing prayer will. Worship literally changes the way we think. Presenting our bodies in worship renews the focus of our mind. So that's important. Then we land on 2 plus 2, and I think this 2 is important. 2 plus 2 is this, that worship recognizes God's person and God's presence. I mean, worship should change your focal point in such a way as that suddenly you recognize that God is real and that God is present. Worship is about God, therefore it attracts the attention of God. The reality of our worship is that it creates a dwelling place for the presence of God. Look at Psalm 22, 3. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. There are, there are other translations that say this verse. that says that he inhabits the praise of his people. The reality is in our... Worship experience. Worship becomes God's throne room. And can I say this very very emphatically? You can't worship without attracting God's person and God's presence in your life. Another thing is when we worship, we enter into God's domain. Look at Psalm 101. Shout for joy to the Lord. That's the song. Shout to the Lord. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord, He is God. Worship Him and discover His, purpose, his person. Know that the Lord is God. It is He that made us. And we are His, we are His people, the sheep is His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving, into His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. Recognize His presence. See, there is a clear correlation between worship and entering into God's presence and recognizing God's person. And when you recognize those things, your faith increases to receive from his provision that that this worship positions me in a place where I am standing in the throne room of the one who can do anything. Matter of fact, every aspect of worship positions us to receive from God. When we worship from our heart, we receive strength and assurance. When we worship with our lips, we receive increased faith. When we worship with our giving, we receive multiplied seed. You can't worship and not be positioned to receive. That's why it is, it is important for us to be people of worship, which brings me to three plus three. Worship connects us as a community. Worship is a community activity. Psalm 102 says it like this, So the name of the Lord will be declared in Zion and His praise in Jerusalem when the peoples and the kingdoms assemble to worship the Lord. When you understand that there is a scriptural precedent that worship is a key factor in connecting us with other believers in unity. Then we recognize that God's kingdom doesn't operate in isolation, it operates in community. Matter of fact, the early church discovered this and they they lived this. In Acts chapter 2, verse 46, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved in their worship community. They found powerful provisions. So it is in our lives that we step back and we recognize the value, the importance of worship. And however that, however that meets out in your life, however it meets out in your life. See, this is the thing I recognize that we all worship in different ways. It used to be, you know, you just kind of cookie-cutter everybody. Everybody worshiping, and it kind of looks. But anymore, we have to recognize that some worship with bowed heads and some worship with lifted heads. Some worship with folded hands. Some worship with lifted hands. Some worship very demonstratively and others worship very quietly. But if it is focused on God, it is still worship. There is this There is this idea that when I worship, my focus is redirected. And when I worship, I see God as God and his presence is real. And when I worship, I join together with the community of believers. And we stand together in unity. Would you stand with me today? There are certain things that bring the church together as a community, and worship is one of them. I think today as we begin to close this service and go about the rest of our day, I wonder if you'd just bow your heads for a moment. Close your eyes. I want you to I want you to take in this moment this moment of worship I want you to listen There's nothing worth more that would ever come close, nothing can compare, you're our living home, your presence, Lord. Today we change our focus. Listen. of the sweetest of yes. loves yes. where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone in your prayer your glory, recognizing God, your person, our hearts long for it, our long for it as a community of believers. By your presence, Do you feel it? Something very powerful about worship. In your presence, Lord. And fill the atmosphere in Jesus' name I make a declaration over this people that we would all be willing participants in the act of worship that we would turn and go to you in our lives through worship that your presence and that your power and that your spirit would reign supreme that we would recognize your person that we would recognize your presence that our focus would be solely upon you That we as a community of believers would join together with the host, the host, and be true worshipers. In Jesus' name, amen to that. Can we clap our hands to the Lord because he is worthy. If you're here today and you need a fresh start in your life, you just say, Pastor, I just want a fresh start. I want today to be a new day for me, for my life, for my family. Would you just wave your hand at me real quick? I'm going to pray with you. Yeah. Thank you. I wonder if we could all just bow our heads and let's pray together. Father, I thank you right now for this fresh start. I thank you that today is a day where we can recognize you, know you. I pray in Jesus' name that you would bless every heart, that you would bless every life. I wonder if you raise your hand, would you repeat after me? With everybody else repeat? Say, Father. I thank you for your word. Today, I want a fresh start. I thank you for it. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for being my Lord. I thank you that you were raised from the dead for me. And today, I accept this free gift of a fresh start. In Jesus' name, amen to that. Come on. Yeah. Oh, God is good. He is good. Alrighty, another act of worship is our giving. There are three ways to give at Triumph. You give in the buckets online, text to give.